Today on Blue 58, the Packers are back from their bye week, getting healthy and ready for a long, long run of football. For a start, they get to take on one of the most legendary figures in NFL history. How will they fare against Tom Brady? Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of ThePowerSweep.com. I'm your host, John Meerdink, back for a post-bye week preview. I'm all rested up, ready for a long stretch of football here. Hopefully a game just about every week until February. Super Bowl. That would be pretty nice, wouldn't it? But for a start, post-bye, the Packers get to take on Tom Brady. And the build-up to this game is all Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. This is the fifth time they have met, the third time they will actually play against each other. And whether or not they'll play against each other, how that all shakes out is one of the most boring storylines in all of sports. Quarterback matchups just do not do it for me at all. I'm a little bit jealous of the NBA, actually, because you occasionally, well, frequently, actually, get the real great greats playing against each other one-on-one. One of the, the best finals ever was Celtics-Lakers with Paul Pierce playing against Kobe Bryant, or at least for me. I enjoyed that a lot. My all-time favorite one, since the Bucks haven't gotten there in my lifetime, uh, was the San Antonio Spurs and Detroit Pistons facing off. I've always loved Tim Duncan. Uh, David Robinson and I share a birthday, not the year, but the date. So I always liked the Spurs. And watching that Spurs-Pistons series was great because you got to go see Tim Duncan go up against a team that was built to play against his strengths. So how did those teams work against each other? Everybody plays offense and defense. Insert your NBA joke here about nobody playing defense, but you see what I'm saying. It's actual head-to-head competition among the greatest players in the sport. You don't necessarily get that in the NFL. The closest I've ever really seen to a a head-to-head matchup between superstars was Brett Favre and Warren Sapp. The way that the the Buccaneers defended Favre, it almost was a one-on-one sort of thing. Sapp got after Favre, everybody else was taking care of the rest of the Packers. Here, the storyline is Rodgers versus Brady, but that's not really it. But that doesn't mean this is going to be a boring game. Because there's interesting matchups, I think, in every phase here. Starting with the Buccaneers' offense against the Packers' defense. Where are the Buccaneers the strongest? It's nominally the run game, actually. But overall, I'm not sure they've really found their strength yet. Overall, if you look at all of the the available stats out there, watch a little bit of how they play. I would say the Buccaneers offense seems to be basically on the plus side of middling. They're either like in the late top 10 or just outside the top 10 in almost everything. So far, I'd say it's more bright spots than any sustained success across the board. They're 12th by passing DVOA, 8th and run DVOA. And yet you still got Tom Brady there and Tom Brady is still dangerous. Won't really bore you with the finer details here, but his advanced stats numbers look, to me at least, a lot like Aaron Rodgers last year. To me, that reads as kind of a rocky position on offense. It's still 
figuring things out, finding exactly where where he fits into the offense, but still very dangerous and could jump up at any time and get you. And that's scary for a Packers defense that's coming in with a little bit of a questionable reputation. Brady is having an interesting season. His passes are going a lot deeper downfield than they have in the recent past. His average depth of target is 8.3 yards. That is his highest since 2017. And Bruce Arians' offense has a reputation of taking some big shots down the field. And why wouldn't you with the pass catchers that they've got? 60% of Tom Brady's yards have come through the air so far. He's getting it deeper downfield. That's his highest total since 2015, at least. His previous high in that stretch was just over 56% in 2017. He's also throwing a more accurate ball this year than last year. The knock on him last year was accuracy dropping a little bit. His numbers are more comparable to 2018. He's he's having a strong year in that respect. That said, where the Buccaneers are most vulnerable on offense is probably also Tom Brady. They've done a pretty good job of protecting him so far, but if there's anything that Tom Brady isn't, it's particularly mobile. He's great at manipulating the pocket, finding small windows in which to operate in a very crowded situation. But I think if you want to get to Tom Brady, or if you want to get to Tampa Bay's offense, you got to get to Brady. That's easier said than done. He's legendarily good at getting the ball out quick. Doesn't take a lot of hits. But that's the book there. It's always been the book on beating Tom Brady's teams. Get to Brady, make a move, and hit him. The Packers seem like they're probably in a good position to do that. If Kenny Clark is back and ready to go, and it looks like he's probably going to be, that helps a lot of the complimentary football that the Packers like to run. Zedaria Smith is that much more dangerous. Preston Smith is that much more dangerous. Rashawn Gary is that much more dangerous. If Mike Pettin is playing with his preferred group out there, and it looks like he is going to be able to do that in large part, there's a good chance that the Packers will be able to get to Brady. And if they can, that goes a long way towards slowing down Tampa Bay's offense. Who should we know about other than the big names? I'm going with Scott Miller, a wide receiver, 5'10", 174 pounds in his second year in the league. On a team with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, a bunch of other big names on offense, who's leading the team in yards per catch? It is 5'10"-inch Scott Miller, averaging 16.7 yards per catch. Fourth in the league among wide receivers in DVOA right now. Pretty darn productive player. Tom Brady has a rating above 127 when targeting him this year. 60% of his catches have gone for a first down. Mr. Miller versus Chandon Sullivan is going to be a fun matchup to watch. What about when the Packers offense has the ball versus the Buccaneers defense? The Buccaneers have a pretty strong defense. So far this year, their defensive line has been very strong. Good against the run, good in pass rush. They are legit. They are hurting a little bit with Vitavea's bad ankle injury. It looks like he's going to be gone for most, if not all, of the rest of the season. But still, it's going to be an interesting matchup against the Packers' very efficient offensive line. They're also very strong at linebacker. Levante David and Devin White are as good as it gets in the league as a duo they could cause some trouble for the Packers up front. So where are the Buccaneers vulnerable on defense? Statistically, not really anywhere. You have a hard time finding a real weak spot on the Buccaneers defense. However, I think it's fair to wonder if there shouldn't be some bigger questions among how we're looking at the Buccaneers as a whole. 
have they just been beating up on bad teams? Buccaneers are 3-2 and two coming into this game. They lost to the Saints in the, in the season opener when the Saints were fully healthy for basically the only time this season. Then they beat Carolina, Denver, and, and uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. Not bad teams, but hardly a murderer's row there. And then they lost to the Bears. It's fair to wonder, I think, if their numbers look good because they're just making hay against bad teams. I mean, you can only play who you play, but still, how good are you really? That's a big problem, I think, with NFL stats as a whole. Even the advanced numbers, you can only play who you can play. And no matter what numbers we're looking at, we're looking at really small sample sizes. Who should we know about other than the big names? I'm going with Antoine Winfield Jr., and I only bring him up because he's an interesting historical oddity. Aaron Rodgers actually brought this up. He says Winfield is the first guy he has played against whose dad he also played against. Antoine Winfield Sr., longtime contributor for the Vikings, among others, league-wide. Winfield Jr. was mentioned this past spring as a potential Packers draft pick. He went 45th overall, right smack between their top two picks, pretty much. Would have been nice to have, but that went in a different direction. Their statistical leaders in numbers that we look at, production ratio as expected, Shaquille Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul are up at the very top. Seven sacks, t- six tackles for loss between them. That's a good pass rushing duo and somebody or a pair of players that could give the Packers some trouble. But interestingly, safety Jordan Whitehead is tied for the team lead in production ratio. He has two sacks and five tackles for loss through five games. Weird but not unheard of for a safety. Look for him to cause some trouble for the Packers around the line of scrimmage. Ballhawks Carlton Davis leads with nine, six passes defensed, three interceptions so far this year. He is hurt, though, and may not play on Sunday. File that away in the back of your head. Antoine Winfield has six Ballhawks so far this year. Pretty good for a rookie through five games. And Levante David, the excellent linebacker, has five so far this season. What happened the last time the Packers and Buccaneers played? Packers last played the Bucs during the tail end of the Brett Hundley era, cold, wet day at Lambeau Field in December of 2017. Some stats from that game. Jameis Winston managed to make it through the afternoon without throwing an interception. That is very unusual for him. Brett Hundley managed just 84 passing yards on 22 attempts. Jamal Williams, 113 yards on 21 games. One of just two 100-yard games on the ground for Jamal Williams. And Aaron Jones, Touched the ball exactly once. 20-yard touchdown in overtime, the game winner. And there is Mike McCarthy's use of Aaron Jones, kind of in a nutshell. The very next week, having seen what Aaron Jones could do in a very limited sample size, Mike McCarthy gave the ball to Aaron Jones four times. Yes, quadrupled his role in the game plan the next week. Got four carries over the span of five plays, and never touched the ball again. So who's going to win? Who's going to lose in this one? A few thoughts. First, Tom Brady's been good, but he's also had some ball security issues. Four picks, four fumbles so far this year. Tampa Bay defense has also been good, but I think there are some fair questions there. They faced a lot of competition that is not necessarily the greatest in the world. And they've not really faced an offense 
in the same ballpark as the Packers, other than the Saints, and the Saints beat them. Packers are also getting healthier. The defense should be as healthy as it's been pretty much since week one, other than Christian Kirksey and other than Kevin King. On offense, Devontae Adams is back. They'll have their preferred O-line minus Lane Taylor. And if you're going to be down one guy, it's probably the right guard. To me, that set of circumstances adds up to a Packers win. But let's look at it a different way. Let's assume the Tampa defense is really good. Do you think the Packers can scheme up a way to beat it? I think so. That's the way that they've won every game so far. Every game the Packers have won, it's been a different big contributor. Every, Every game the Packers have done some good core things, but they've also played differently week in and week out. And that's how they've gotten their wins. We could also assume that the Tampa defense is secretly very overrated. Is there any reason to think the Packers wouldn't keep rolling? I don't think so. So these circumstances, too, add up to a Packers win in my mind. Let's look at it still another way. Let's assume Tom Brady is very good, and I think he is. Do you think he can win a shootout with Aaron Rodgers, though? Only if Tampa's defense shows up. Let's assume Tom Brady isn't as good. Then you're going to need a practically perfect day to stay in it like the Saints basically were. And again, that's basically assuming that the defense shows up and slows down the Packers' offense. All of this seems to hinge on the Buccaneers' defense. Also hinges a little bit on the Packers continuing to be who they've been so far on offense, which probably weighs a lot on their offensive line. I'm pretty confident in their offensive line. I'm pretty confident in Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett working together to find a way to beat this Buccaneers defense. So I think the Packers are going to win. The Packers are not currently favored in this game, so I don't know if it if it matters what my prediction is against the spread or anything, but you know, I, I think the Packers the Packers come out on top in this one. The polls broadly agree with me here. Packers fans are still feeling pretty confident. Almost 100% of Packers fans, again, think the Packers are going to win in our weekly polling, and the polling as a whole holding pretty steady. So maybe we shouldn't be super surprised about that. But fans have predicted a win in every poll that we've done so far this season. In fact, over the past two years, Packers fans have never predicted a loss for this team. 96.8% of Packers fans believe the Packers will win this week. Hard to disagree with them. Hopefully we're celebrating 5-0 and after the game on Sunday. One last thought before we let you go. The Packers are probably going to be without Kevin King this week. In fact, from the looks of it, from the reports from practice, it seems fairly likely that he is not going to go this week. We've talked a little bit about this situation in the past. Your potential replacements on the outside are Josh Jackson and Kadar Holman, assuming, of course, they keep Chandon Sullivan in the slot. That seems to be their preference. Here are some stats on both Jackson and Sullivan. Jackson has played 35 snaps on defense so far this year. Holman has played just 17. But Jackson has been targeted four times in coverage. He has allowed three receptions, giving up 35 yards, and has missed three tackles in the 35 snaps he's been out there. Kadar Holman, meanwhile, has been targeted three times in coverage. He has allowed zero completions, and has deflected two of the passes thrown his way. And while on the field, 
Kadar Holman has missed zero tackles. Now I realize this is a small sample size, and far be it for me to tell Mike Pettin what to do with his players out there, but I'm saying if it's my defense, I would maybe consider rolling the dice on the guy who hasn't been scorched in his very small sample size. I know teams are very slow to give up on high draft picks, even if they are just second-round picks, but the book on Jackson is pretty full on a lot of small sample sizes. That's getting to be a pretty long book, and the story it tells is not super great. Let's stink to Wick on another high draft pick on a defensive back, but at a certain point, you've just got to move on. It doesn't look like Josh Jackson is getting any better on defense for the Packers, and it might be time to give another defensive back a real long look on the outside, and this may be the Packers' opportunity to do just that. Hit me up with your predictions. I'm interested to see what you've got to say, whether that's on YouTube, on social media, or via email. The Powersweep1959 at gmail.com is where you've got to reach the show if you want to do it that way. You can also check out our contact page at thepowersweep.com, as well as looking at our updated polling page. We've got the results for this season so far posted up there, as well as an all-time look at our stats uh, dating back to just the beginning of last year. But still, it uh, it may be interesting for you to see how things have evolved over time. I'm always particularly interested to look at how people's perception of Brian Gutekunst has changed over time. Give that one a little bit of a look. Thepowersweep.com, your home for all that analysis. In the meantime, if you like this show and you think somebody else might benefit from it as well, go ahead and share it with them. I'd appreciate that a lot. It's going to help us continue to grow this conversation we're having around the Packers and ultimately help all of us become smarter Packers fans. Because as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans, and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I'm your host, John Meerdink. We'll see you next time on Blue 58.